Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. So this is the August 19, 2017 edition. There's not a lot of news this past week, in fact. It's just been kind of light. And we're heading into perhaps the busiest period where uh, this upcoming weekend, not this weekend, but this this upcoming next weekend. Actually, yeah, it starts on Sunday, in fact. Gamescom is kicking off. Yeah, it's next week yep. already. Yeah, this Sunday, um, Microsoft has their big uh, reveal uh, where they're going to announce the details of the pre-orders for Xbox One X and then followed by, um, which I think begins at 2 o'clock Central Time, I believe. And then, yeah, they'll talk about that. Uh, and I'm sure the launch lineup for that system followed by some pre-order details following that. So that's kind of, um, I know this is obviously a little bit of news. <laughs> we didn't put that down for the news for this week, but I did want to mention that because yeah. that's kind of going to be, yeah, the uh, just to give people the heads up that this particular podcast might not be too We're, we're getting to the the... the like the dry period right now because uh next friday madden comes out and when madden comes out that's when the games come running running back it's like oh yeah it's finally time to release stuff it's almost fall can't wait and uh and also i think that if i'm not mistaken i think by the time this next podcast is happening actually it's going to be the same weekend like the uh c3afa tokyo 2017 event supposed to happen and i guess that said that dot gu last week code will be playable there and so i'm going to be very curious to see what the response will be for that i hope we get that before our podcast because i'd love to uh, talk about that do Um, we know if the yakuza event that's on the 26th is going to happen before or after the podcast next week uh Mm. i bet it's Mm going to be before because i assume it's going to be like early saturday for us yeah so just to based off that i hope i hope we can we can do that you know if not we might uh voluntarily delay the podcast a little bit just so that we can talk about more stuff like that uh because i know that that would be an uh, important thing to chat about. Hopefully we'll get Kyle on here because he's kind of our, now Yakuza. he is, our resident Yakuza guy because he's currently covering um, Kiwami and he reviewed Zero for us. So I'm sure he'd love to talk a little bit about what the series is going to be like going forward. Um, but we'll see what that happens. I should also, of course, introduce our guests for this week. First off, we've got Josh Torres. Yo, what's up? Hello. And then we've got James Galizio. Hey. Hey. So, uh, and I'm Zachary, your host, as I said. So, yes, I just wanted to kind of dip a little bit into that kind of discussion because, yeah, uh, we were talking a little bit about before this podcast began that, and what Josh just talked about with Madden, uh, we're getting into that period where it's going to be pretty busy for us as a site. Uh, we've got some exciting things that we're working on right now uh, that you guys out there will be able to both read and watch and very, very soon here. Uh, we won't talk too much about that kind of stuff, but I just wanted to let you guys know that it's it's kind of an exciting time for RPG site um, and the network as a whole. And we've got some great games coming out, and we really do appreciate everyone's uh, you know support over these past 10, 11... Actually, yeah, it's been 11 years uh, since... Sheesh. Yeah, it's... You guys are old. I know. It's kind of crazy because, yeah, I've been here since the start. I will admit, though, that the first few years of the RPG site, we were in a very tough spot. Uh, A lot of it was Alex uh, and his support. But then, um, you know, uh, we all kind of came back to it and put our effort into it. And I think that it's really shown. Uh, And, of course, we we couldn't do anything without the support of all the followers and readers and fans out there. So just wanted to take a moment to just thank you guys. And as we head into this... uh, great new yeah none beyond. of this is possible without people actually you know taking the time to you know give our site the light of day 
Absolutely. And uh, we really do appreciate it. I mean, we sometimes get people saying, like, you know, we listen to the podcast and watch the stuff on YouTube and read the articles on our social media accounts. That's very much appreciated. You know, that kind of support is very necessary for us. I think it gives us a lot of motivation to be doing what we do. And so the more you guys do that, it'll be amazing. You know, uh, it's way better than just being silent and just paying attention to it. It'd be great <laughs> if we got more of those comments because uh, it really does yeah. help. And even if you decide to look, we still do appreciate your time here. So, as we do, as we talk about that, though, let's head into our podcast proper. And so, before we get into the news of the past week, of which there isn't a whole lot, as I said, uh, let's talk about the games that we've been playing. And so, first up, James. Um, now, <laughs> obviously, you've got other stuff going on that you're covering, but we can't talk about that. Instead, uh, oh, I don't know if I want to ask you to talk about this because I uh, are I'm, I'm really uh, un, un, uncomfortable with discussing this because. You said you were playing Sonic Media, and yes, uh, my brother and I, we kind of share a Steam account, and so he's waiting for the PC release of that game, which is at the end of the month, because it was delayed by two weeks before we play that, and so you can talk about it, but don't get too deep into it, because I'm I don't really know. I, I, Everything spoilers. I've heard, like, I've been hearing that there's a good Sonic game in the year 2017, I'm like, I, mm, I are you they, sure? Yeah. Are you trying to lie to me? Sonic said well, it, like, the Sonic account said, I'm, not, I'm I sorry, I don't want to cut you off, James, I'm just saying, like, you know, like, it's been 15 years since the Sonic game has been rated so high, but proceed. Proceed, James. Okay, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people have been saying, oh, this is a great Sonic game, but a lot of people have also been saying it's a great Sonic game for fans of the series. Well... I've played my fair share of Sonic games. I've played a good amount of them, but I never really played the classics. Like, I have played the Genesis games. I just haven't really beat any of them. I think the farthest I've gotten in Sonic 2 was Chemical Plant Zone. The farthest I've gotten in oh, Sonic was... 1 was Marble. I don't know. So, but so anyways, you, got the, you got like 80% of people's experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, I mean, never really played the Genesis games, but I've really been enjoying Sonic Mania. Just beat it last night, and it's... Honestly, one of the best games I played this year, and that's wow. saying something considering how good this year's been. That's pretty incredible. I mean, I've got yeah a longstanding Sonic love. Um, going back to the Genesis days, of course, like Sonic Adventure Two was the first game I ever pre-ordered in my life. So I've got like this wow. unbridled love for the series. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, maybe I'm somewhat of a Sonic apologist, I guess. But uh, from all of the good news, I mean, I personally went to that. Um, the Sonic event last year, which was the, uh, what would that be, the the 30th anniversary of the series? At the House of Blues in San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 30th. I'm probably, I'm probably meant 25th. Yeah, 25th anniversary. Uh, I went to the 20th and the 25th anniversary to to events. Yeah, it was like, yeah. So, yeah, the 25th anniversary was down in San Diego. Uh, what I remember most is that that was happening the same weekend as Comic-Con. And so I had to park at one of the parking garages uh, they had surge pricing, so I ended up paying fifty bucks for parking mm. for just a, a few hours. <laughs> was it worth it for Sonic? I think you so. You know, this is why I'm glad that I live in North County. So, like, if I was actually going to that, I could have just taken like the train down. I wouldn't have had to park; just take the train back up again. I should have. I should have taken public transportation. You paid more for that than what you would pay for Sonic Mania. Yeah, that's the that's the, that's the thing. I mean, well, but that was the place that they really revealed Sonic Mania, and they had mm-hmm. it playable, and so that's where I got my first exposure to it. And then, of course, you know, everyone else has probably played it at some of the different events that's been out, uh, such as. Like a 10 billion different events after that. Yeah. (laughs) So um, it's good to hear, though, that it's, it's, the response has been so strong, and it seems like you had a good time with it as well. As you said, it's when you You can just, you can feel the um, care that went into the game. It's, 
one of those games where you're just playing through it and you can feel like, yeah, it is a product, but you it know it's made by labor. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's one of those things that like, you need to like nail Sonic so well and so precisely because people will notice like the most subtle things in that. And I think it re- it requires that kind of caliber from like fans who really, really have a deep appreciation of what makes Sonic great to really put forth that effort and show a lot of love. Because people are like, you know, it's easy it's easy to spot the flaws in Sonic. It's, it, we've heard about it time and time again. Isn't it kind like, of a bummer? I'm sorry, I don't... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no go for it. I, I was just going to say, like, isn't it kind of a bummer when you think about that, like, Sonic Japan... Sega Japan has had such a struggle with the series. I mean, I'll admit that, of course, outside of, mm-hmm. like, the racing games, uh, <laughs> where they have, have been having so much trouble the past, as I mentioned, last 15 years with the series and figuring out the direction that it took someone a group from the West to really make the game. It's like, if you think it's so hard to make a Sonic game, why don't you try making it? And they made it and made it a great one. And so obviously Sonic fans are clearly, you know, sort of, um, uh, connected, attached, if you will, uh, to the old Sonic games and kind of wanted another one of those. Sonic in Sonic the Hedgehog four was bleh. You know, we all know that yeah. it was, it's, I'll admit that it's a really weird thing because I feel like part of it is just like any sort of like development company inside of like, you know, big, big studio, like uh, Sega, it's just, they, you have the need to like push tech forward. You want to do something super different with the series, but for Sonic fans, it's like, they don't want it like in a crazy other direction. You know, they kind of want something familiar, but yet something that breaches new ground, but doesn't get away from what makes it originally good. And that's kind of what Sonic Generations was like. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I'm really liking Sonic Mania, because they are pushing the, the classic series forward, but it's more like, okay, what if Sega actually knew what they were doing for Saturn and made a 2D <laughs> Sonic game for Saturn, used, and it had like a special stage with like low, poly, um, low poly graphics, it had much better animations, better sound, stuff like that, and it's like, I could see this game like probably in some ways being played on a Saturn, it's fantastic yeah this to me like the visuals of this obviously this uh, game ha- probably has you know effects and whatnot that the Gen- genesis couldn't handle but if a mythical sega console came out after dreamcast and this was its flagship title this would definitely be something of that so down the line. what's your opinion then on sonic forces because we've already seen some gameplay footage of it they've got Hoobastank on board so that must mean something they're great uh <laughs> <laughs> I do prefer my Crush 40. Actually, when I first heard the theme song, I thought it was Crush 40. He's like, wait, it's not kind of oh, different. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Ubisoft. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, Sonic Forces is, does definitely feel like it's trying to do that same thing as Sonic Generations. It's trying to hold the, um, the modern Sonic, the classic Sonic. And then, so they've got these two things, but then, of course, the new feature is you get to, yep, you get to make your own Sonic character. Apparently, the game is going to be playable at Gamescom, so we'll have to hear about what the opinion that's going to be coming out of that, because it's only, it's supposed to be out by the end of the year, I believe. Um, Yeah, sometime. I played it at D3, so I actually do have some opinions on Sonic Forces. Go ahead. Um, I think, well, I really like Sonic Generations. I'll be the first to admit that it's not a perfect game, but I enjoyed what it was. Yeah. I think I have all the achievements for that game on Steam, so put a lot of time into that game, and I downloaded that Sonic Unleashed mod and whatnot. Had a bunch of fun. Uh, there are some problems with it. I feel like the controls, at least what I played of the make-your-own-character, are kind of weird right now. The gameplay, it wants to be modern Sonic, but it also wants to be different, and I'm not sure how it really affects the pacing of those levels. Um, 
there's some interesting ideas in there. Like I remember that. So you know the wisps from uh, Sonic Colors, right? Those mm. kind of alien things. Uh, yeah, yeah. You collect. You basically grab powers. those to power up your uh, playable character's um, special attacks. So, for example, if you grab a fire wisp, you can use that to kind of like propel yourself forward and do a multiple jumps in the air, or you can use it as a flamethrower to take out enemies like a few like in front of you and like just swerve around, take them out behind you, stuff like that. Um, the game's all right. I did play um, the classic stage, the modern stage, and the uh, make your own character stage at E3. Mostly because while there was a line for uh, Sonic Mania, there was no line whatsoever to play Sonic Forces at E3. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be all right. I am worried about the level design, honestly, because with Sonic um, Sonic Generations, they had a basis for what the levels should kind of look and feel like because they were building off of previous levels. So I'm not sure exactly how these new levels might stack up because they're inherently not going to have a framework to really build off of mm-hmm. so i don't know i'll probably get it i mean there's rumors it's only going to be 40 bucks the switch version seems to be a good port so i'll probably pick it up i think i, I will too because i did miss out on um the sonic colors i didn't get to around to playing it because i think i talked about it before like i wasn't into the wii yeah i talked about it last week and so i was uh i never got a chance to play that game um i'm one of those guys who actually kind of like sonic unleashed as weird as it sounds, uh, even the nighttime levels, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with them. Man, and you're so, like me, one of three people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like because the of the whimsy levels, of it. But I, I mean, I use the mod for Sonic Generations to play Sonic and Leash, so I've never touched the nighttime levels. So. <laughs> it's basically God of War. That's all it was, you know. And maybe, obviously, way more clunky than that. I totally get why people didn't like it. I just didn't have a problem with it. Is is kind of what it was, but. You know, uh, I'm curious to see what the response for that will be, like I said, and um, you know, the quality of it. But clearly, you know, Sonic Mania, I've seen nothing but very positive responses, especially what's in there. And I hope we... it sold well. I mean, it's Sonic. I imagine it would. Uh, in what platforms? It's on PS4, right? And it's PS4 and Every Switch right now, but PC is delayed. Yeah, of course, Switch. Uh, PC is going to come soon. I assume because it's going to be on PC, it's going to seem like sell like oh, yeah, Xbox, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that series, that's the reason it's you know stayed alive for so long is because it sells at least a good amount um, from every entry because there's, uh, there's a big fan base despite you know the problems that it's had. And clearly with this being so... Uh, amazing apparently and it's cheap and relatively to you know the other games that have come out i think that it should have a very big audience but we'll find out i guess in due time so has that been the only game you've been playing though james the only one i can talk about yeah fair enough all right so josh you've also hmm. got games you can't talk about yeah but <laughs> i saw that you posted a video up on our youtube channel of the recent event that was in feed grand order Stephen playing yeah. more of that I, so two years ago, I played the Japanese version of uh, Fate Grand Order. It's a mobile game for iOS and Android, based off the you know popular Fate series over there, and whatnot. So it's a it's an RPG turn based. You uh, attacks are done through like three types of cards, and it's kind of you know it, it's a lot of repetitive battle systems, uh, a, a fairly okay plot and whatnot, but a lot. I don't know how I survived the launch version of that game because there was a, <laughs> there's a lot of quality of life changes that 
the the English version launched with. I think it launched in maybe late June, early July ish. So I was like, I, I don't know. I guess I'll give this a shot again, see see what's up and whatnot. And you know, a lot of the quality of life changes, like the sped up battle system, which didn't uh, wasn't in the launch version, which is god awful. To the, the the speed of those animations took forever, and this is like more bearable now among other things. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll stick with this. Uh, it's a lot easier to play. Uh, you know, the maintenance times are basically, they're very on point. Like the English team uh, is very good about sticking with maintenance times, unlike the uh, launch version in Japan where there was just, it was maintenance left and right. Yeah. Uh, game was barely up. It was, uh, I remember those days. Yes. Yeah, bad. Really bad. Yeah. So, uh, with this being a more reliable type of deal uh, on on that end, uh, started getting getting into it. Uh, got like all the progress done, the main plot line and whatnot. I, I think the localization of it is kind of eh, on the on the like the beginning parts. Uh, you can tell that it was, was kind of clearly rushed at some points, but they've been kind of patching it uh, here and there to kind of fix up some typos, make it a bit more readable. So, you know, there, there are still uh, things off of the localization in terms of, like, tone, uh, typos. But, you know, it, it's it's readable, it, it, for sure. So, Can't spell type moon without typo. It's true. Very true. It's, it's, uh, right now uh... in this in, in, in the English version, uh, they're running the second event. Uh, it's called the this Moon Goddess uh, event, where you kind of you basically grind for dumplings in it. And there's two types of dumplings. There's normal dumplings and there's rare dumplings. Uh, rare dumplings are used to unlock more story scenes. And the localization effort in this is actually I'm quite impressed. The translation team got together and really put forth a, a very, very good uh, English translation for this ridiculous story. Like the story, the story premise in this is basically the organization that you worked for. You guys wanted to have a, a, an outing, like a picnic and whatnot. Uh, and all the dumplings are gone. They can't figure out who stole it, what's going on. Sure, you, you go back to this uh, interdimensional space uh, that using the and the plot line to kind of restore the timeline. It's it's a it's a type moon plot. It's fucking all over the place. It's uh, <laughs> convoluted as hell. Uh, so of course, naturally, this has to be too. But there's a lot of jokes in there. That's uh, kind of a continuation of what you find in the uh, in the main plot line. Like for example, the, um, the Queen Mary, uh, her 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 servant form, uh, her shtick is that you know that she. She has like slang, like Western slang, uh, in it because she's trying to learn language. Um, my bad, uh, not Mary. Uh, you know, it was Mary, Mary, yeah, Mary Antoinette. Uh, so at the end of like her plotline, the main uh, thing, she learns like, oh, you know, a Western slang, and what's up, you know? So she's just saying what's up to you, like always. And then like after you like defeat her to like get your dumplings back, it's like yeah, it's, like you know, it, it was great at all. And what's up? It's like just fucking out there. It's, like, yeah, that's right. You fucking rock on, you know. Uh, so it's just very, very goofy like that. Especially there's another uh, part in that plot line where you're going up against this uh, servant. He's a, he's a one-star servant. So in this game, there's obviously rarity to the cards that you get, the characters that you get, one through five stars, five stars being the most rare. Uh, so the, after you defeat this guy, he's an assassin. He's like, oh, shit, like I... I lost because I'm only a one-star servant. I, I was in way oh, over my head. They fourth wall breaking a little bit. There. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's in it's in fun, even though the event, the, the actual things you do in the event aren't that great because you're trying to 
gather all these dumplings to uh like empty the shop of like rare uh pieces and monuments that you need to upgrade your characters so you need to like keep on grinding these repetitive battles over and over again till you get enough dumplings to like empty out that store essentially uh, the i appreciate the like that you can finally see some major you know strides in the localization effort for this game i hope they keep that up uh generally speaking i i like i like sticking with them because i i like you know just the fate uh franchise i'm kind of a sucker for it uh, but i'm not gonna say that there's like a great mobile game it's just it, it's one of those other things just, you have a gotcha for this um if you want a rare servant you better pray really hard and try not to like spend lots and lots of uh money getting the premium currency and whatnot but, you know it, it is love gotcha. i know so that's the thing is that uh we talk about how strong the English localization has gotten since it used to be um, pretty much well disliked by the audience on large just because of uh, how the base story seemed Was to it? be done by yeah, crap. It, it, it makes a really Wasn't bad the localization impression. team the one that said at Anime Expo, look, we only had two people on the localization? Yeah, two to three people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's what they said. And, you know, obviously the t- timetable for this to for this to even come out was very was within a few months. It was no definitely not uh, no more than a year because they didn't actually start localization efforts for this until like after last year's Anime Expo. So maybe thinking about at max seven to eight months on this, probably a little bit less. Well, the reason I, I bring it up is because, of course, they're all celebrating um, in Japan the Fate Grand Order, the summer event with mm-hmm. all the uh, uh, swimsuits and stuff like that. There is a ton, a metric ton of fan art Oh yeah, events. this is the uh, this How, whole thing. I, I got kind of I got kind of bummed Except just because. It's on fire. Well, the reason the reason I got kind of bummed is just because like uh, uh, you go into the app, the U.S. app, and you realize this event's not going to be here anytime soon. And so, oh, no, are you kind of are you a little bit as a fan of the series? Are you a little bummed out that you can't access that stuff? All not English really, app? not not uh, not necessarily. Because if I wanted to go, if I I could do that event right now, if I wanted to go to the Japanese one, but sure, that'd be a lot of sure. job. But I'm not necessarily bummed because I'm kind of just taking it at my own pace. I'm not really looking too far ahead in the future of whether this will be still a thing in two years or not. And also, they're, like I don't know about the timetable. I don't know if they're going to adhere to like yeah. uh, the Japanese release one-to-one because they already changed up some things on the English end from the Japanese schedule. Like the one of the banners uh, came before the actual uh, Moon Goddess event, even though Japan, that banner came after. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of... Uh, it, it's not like the Chinese version of uh, Fake Grand Order, which the schedule is absolutely nuts there. Oh, in terms of like the, the, the pacing of that, like they had uh, the Halloween event in September... And I think the the Christmas event like in early November or something like that. So, and it, it the problem with like the speeding up all that is it gives you less time to actually like uh, farm up the currency. And if you're like a free to play yeah, player, yeah. it's like the only re- the only way you're gonna get like the server new is if you're not uh, saving like a day one or you're just shelling out a lot of money per banner because they're just if you go at that rapid pace, it's just it's nuts. And also, uh, since it's relevant too. In the Chinese version of Fake Grand Order, they're uh, actually censoring some of the cards in it, like for some servants, like Matahari, um, oh, Jack the Ripper. Oh, really? Jack yeah, like the, yeah, like at the moment, the, those cards are like blank on it. That's ridiculous. So it does a lot of graphical glitches like in the game. So they're, uh, the reward for like, you know, as an apology for all this to Chinese players, they're giving all of them like 100 Saint Quartz. It's like, you know, it's a decent amount of like premium currency. Yeah. But... That doesn't like make it's, up it's, it's good. It's good for like three. Yeah, it's good for three ten rules, but you're still 
you know, censoring the damn artwork, which is, you know, I'm sure it's adhering to some sort of Chinese law there. But that still I understand sucks. censorship of mobile games is pretty weird right now. Like, wasn't it Grand Blue that censored the Japanese version if you played it in English recently or something like that? I'm not sure about no, the Grand Blue. I, I know I, Shadowverse did. What do you, what, I, I don't know what you're referring to, James. There's this one mobile game that's got an English translation, but you need to download the Japanese. Oh, like, no, the, yeah, that's Grand Zach Blue. Plays Grand Blue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, apparently there's a one card or character that is censored if you played in oh, English. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, they actually they dressed her up a little bit because she had a lot of skin showing, and then like they compared it side by side to another, and they had she had like a little bit more clothing on her. I know what you're talking about. That... Still kind of silly. It's like same game, like same Japanese version, but if you play it in English, it's like that's a bit weird. Yeah, there's there's a there's I think there's only like two or three examples. Um, obviously, not to the extent that the Chinese side does. And when you were talking about the pace in the Chinese version, it reminded me that people were so bummed out when the um, Southeast Asia server for Fantasy Star Online Two closed down because they assumed that that was going to be their version because it was also kind of in English. Uh, the problem hmm. is, of course, the English was really bad, and also that oh. they are way behind in content as, as well. So, you know, in in Japan, I think they're up to episode five, I believe, in content, or they're just about mm-hmm. to. And as in, in uh, the Southeast Asia server, they were still like way behind, and so people are like, "Oh no, we can't get us." Like you guys didn't really want that anyway. No. It was terrible, and I think for a moment there, I think that server also like it dropped the region blocking, and then people were able to play a, a little bit. But it seems like obviously the best way to experience that is still with the fan translation that they've got but yeah i mean with green blue fantasy the reason i brought up about the um the differences in the timing and all that is because you know people getting so excited about the japanese events when people in the u.s can't experience that stuff yeah i mean and... that that looks absolutely nuts I, I have a few friends who tell me about it it's like wow that's <laughs> they're, yeah. they're really going for it I, like i think that's the best mobile games are the are at their best when they're just completely self-aware and they just have fun with you know kind of like their fan base kind of they they get the tone they they know like what the popular jokes are there and they just they're they have fun with it and that's awesome yeah and the reason i kind of mentioned that is because i know you and i have talked about this a bunch yeah. about you know with grand blue fantasy of course all they did was uh do our english translation which is uh, you know, they started off with the translation. There was not much patching going on. There was still a good amount of Japanese in it, but then they went back and translated all of the um, all of the content in there. And you also mentioned that you know we've had people that we know that have been a part of the team that worked on translating uh, the content in there. So it's just in my mind, it's like it's hard to really get that deep into Fate Grand Order just because I know I won't be able to experience events like that right away. When as mm-hmm. opposed to Grand Blue Fantasy, they've got like a card capture Sakura event coming up, and I know that when that's uh, when that goes live, I'll be able to experience it the same. I know as that's, that, that's the very, that's like the best thing about the Grand Blue uh, English thing because they they kind of found like a way to just kind of unify the bases, even though they don't have official presence here. Yeah, Yeah. and it's it's incredible. And yeah, like going back and playing these series, of course, that are kind of dormant in the West or barely had a presence like Sakura Wars, uh, you know, you can experience that kind of stuff. And you can still go back and play that stuff anytime you Mm -hmm. want. Um, And all it takes is, you know, downloading the app or playing it through your browser. And with Freak Grand Order, it's like... um, it's great to hear, though, at least that they're putting more, way more effort into that localization going forward, and you're having a good time with it. And hopefully, you know, that means they'll start to invest a bigger team in that, even if it means, 
I don't know if it means like speeding things up or skipping things over and moving straight to get as close as possible, like skipping some events. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they can uh, afford that. Yeah, I think they would get the such thing. bad, bad uh, response if they skipped any events. Um, I mean, I know, they I know could always go back, I guess. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's like the balance between uh, keeping fans happy while also trying to get as close to live content as possible. Yeah, just I, I don't think I don't think the they'll money. try to like uh, ever try to match, you know, be one to one with the Japanese version in terms of like, hey, this events going on there so yeah, and this big, events going on here hey it's just uh, kind of taking it at their own pace and it's it's too way too early to tell what their plans are this thing has only been out for not even two months just, like that not yeah two, two months, months. Not even, yeah but, uh i mean yeah and uh, obviously but it, in terms of in terms of japanese launch on this game like the events have already started way earlier than what happened in japan oh yeah uh, I, well, they don't need to like obviously work on it they just need to translate yeah. it of course not to yeah. trivialize the amount of work yeah. that they do but you know it makes me wonder how well it's doing just because obviously in japan it was sony's sony's like biggest money making thing like it was giving them a ton of money because uh, of the uh, popularity of the of the app in japan so it makes me wonder how well it's doing for anaplex uh but I guess we'll find out. You know, obviously there's nothing quite like it on the App Store. So, yeah. I mean, you see, you see, you see the occasional headline of like, "Hey, this person spent like ten thousand plus dollars on this fucking game." <laughs> yeah, and uh, people who can afford. Wouldn't it be great to be able to just afford that? I still wouldn't. Do it. I, I, I still want to do it. No, like, I, I have millions just, of other things I'd rather do. I mean, we know <laughs> the people that Zach are, is that uh, the yeah. people that spend that money can't afford it. Yep. I mean, it's it's is that for sure. I'm sure there's plenty of that, but also it's like we all know that one person or group of people or even more like a, a crowd of people um, that go way beyond their means to buy stuff. And you're like, we oh yeah, we talked about this before, Josh, about like that Dynasty Warriors mobile game. You said you oh, knew yeah. somebody who spent a bunch of money to get those chests. Oh, so uh, I totally. I totally forgot about that Danny Stewart's mobile game until I just you just it. reminded me right now. Man. Yeah, like, I said, like I wonder how to. I ran out of story content. I actually had to do the difficulty levels because I ran out of stuff to do in that thing because it was so easy just by autoing. Yeah. So it's just a lot of figure in order for you, though. Yeah, I mean the other things I can't talk about, yeah. so it's just mainly that. <laughs> well, I've, we'll be able to talk about that um, in, in two weeks in in a, in a good amount of time here. So trademark. Yeah. We'll find out for sure. But yeah, September is going to be nuts, as we already mentioned here. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of stuff to talk about here, so I hope people are looking forward to it. Speaking of September, um, all I've been doing myself uh, is just a lot of post-game content for Utuar Romano, Mask of Deception. I already reviewed that game. It's up on the site, of course. But I wanted to do the post-game content because with the free battles, I was curious because I was like, I need to... I wanted to go back and just experience a little bit of it just to kind of get a refresher because it has been a few months since I played that game. And Mask of Truth, which is the second game uh, in the duology, I guess, uh, is supposed to be out early September. So I figured I'll need to be ready for that. And so I found out by putting my characters level 50 and maximizing out their BP or battle points, which is the stats you would put into increasing your... like They're like you know stat points you know putting up increasing your hp and your defense and your agility all that stuff by maxing out the your stats and whatnot you actually get like a, some uh, special accessories that give you a really good uh head start at the start of the game uh the save doesn't like transfer over because like the i think mask of truth has a different system that's why the different systems at play so like you can't just you know load up your save and continue on like it's an episodic series like dot hack uh so instead uh i wanted to kind of be prepared for that so that's 
kind of all I've been doing. And, you know, going back and going through some of the story, I still love the writing in that game. I think it's uh, amazing. It's got some of the best writing, because I think I even joked about how the writing team on that did a better job than on Persona 5 when people were talking about. <laughs> we talked about that back then when people were bummed out about some of the localization mm. choices. Um, I think I, I cracked even then, like Mask of Deception. That's where they all went to. That and Yakuza 0, of course, but <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, but that's kind of all I've been playing. I've kind of been thinking about going back and looking at some of the older games that we didn't really get around to covering for the site, like the Toho games and Silver Case, but uh, I don't know if I'll find time to really delve into those too deep. Um, I also was curious about that Cloudoon Returns game. Uh, of course, Chow reviewed that for the site, uh, but you know, I, I, it made it kind of seem like he wasn't too into the sprite work and, and the style of that. I was thinking, you know, I'm kind of, I'm really a big fan of that stuff. Maybe I'll like it. Uh, mm. So I'll have to try that out and give people my thoughts, but we'll save that Speaking for Speaking of Yakuza, did you see the collector's dish of the shot glasses oh, on it? The it's, oh, the shot glasses man. and the whiskey stones. <laughs> that looks so good. It's 90 bucks. It's actually, oh, if you, when will it go up on uh, Best Buy? So I can use I my think it is. It's, it's already think, on Best Buy and Amazon. The limited edition is? Oh, shit. Yeah, I am pre-ordering yeah, that right That now. looks ballers. The TV is super on point with the Yakuza collector's editions this year. See, like, I heard I heard Kyle like the got the business card from the Yakuza Zero. That's what he uses. All those cards. And he oh, says it's really funny. good. Yeah, yeah these... The, Kwami's up on Best Buy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, so um, yeah, yeah, uh, speaking of you know, games, I really need to play Yakuza 0. I've got a copy. Yeah, I, need, yeah, it. I, need to, I need to play yeah. the localization. I really like the Japanese version, but I, I hear that the English script is just amazing for that. Yeah, exactly. They did a great, great job with the localization, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. We'll have, we'll have a little, some gaps between now and the end of the year. We'll be able to play that stuff before the game of the year deliberations in uh, January as they already always are for our site. So we'll see how things go with that. But yeah, Yeah, that, that collection, that, that edition is pretty incredible and it's, you know, it's only like 30 bucks more than the base release. And so see my problem though, is that for one thing, it's kind of hard for me to get, uh, to try that out just because Amazon got rid of the ability to take discounts off of the special editions. And so like, it's only the base version that gets oh, yeah, the Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was saying, when will it go up on Best Buy? Because yeah, Best Buy clubs. still has that. The Gamers Club Underground thing? Yeah, GCU. Yeah, it's 30 bucks for two years. I mean, it's probably worth having. It's probably worth better it. than if, Amazon. Yeah, it I mean, is. for yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's just that, yeah, like, I already pay for Prime and I just can't afford it. I mean, yeah. obviously, if you buy more than one game a year, like, Everyone but me. Uh, I might. I mean, I did have that gamers club before. Uh, I just. I actually never used it. Um, I mean, the great thing about that is, of course, you can use it on already out game, already released games, and uh, you know the clearance games and stuff like that. And I think I, I bought like Freedom Wars with that as well. So like, it was like two bucks. It's like okay, sure. I totally buy it for two dollars, uh, and that's totally worth it. I think my issue, though, more broadly speaking, about like you know those special editions, premium and collector's editions, is that I have a really hard time wanting to open the box at all. I want to mm. like treat it like the way it is. Like the idea of like buying that immediately using those shot glasses and stones and stuff like that. I'm like, I oh, don't know, because they're pretty cool and. If kind of a weird thing to use it for that but uh i'm just kind of that's why i kind of avoid those uh generally and just buy the base version so i don't have to really you know wreck myself over those matters i don't know about well, you guys though. for me for yakuza 6 specifically i'm gonna be 21 next january so oh, it's be so young. Yeah, pretty, you're young man pretty soon after i turn 21 so i'm thinking that would be pretty nice i want i want to be 21 again I give me to... back my youth sack 
Josh, you're way younger than me, <laughs> so I don't know. Hey, Pretty soon, I'll finally be able to go to those press events. Like, <laughs> I have, getting invited I have, to, have right? more, I have I more have white hair than you, so I'm older. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you've got white hair, so that, that immediately makes you like 30 years older than I am. Yeah. I, guess. <laughs> I, I like how Alex, uh, Alex's uh, reaction to every white hair he gets. He's like, well, I'm just might as well dig my grave now. Yeah, Alex has got <laughs> some white hairs, but like it, you barely notice them and all that stuff. You barely notice on you too, Josh. I think you're too hard on yourself about that stuff. <laughs> You'll see it if I have longer hair under like like the light. But I've seen, you, every I've time, seen every time under the seen... light. You just have to be in the right light. You just need to stay out of the light. Is what we're saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just wear a baseball hat at all times. I think you'll be fine. Now, if only there was a premium edition that came with like a baseball cap or like a stocking cap or something like that, you'd be set. <laughs> we'll find out. I've got that Ace Combat Seven hat I could give you if you want that. Oh shit! That's I'm, right. I, oh, I actually don't look good Combat, in hats. Can't wait to see whatever they have for the Ace Combat Seven limited edition since. If oh, I remember correctly, they, they, Ace Combat they, almost always come up like a flight stick or something, right? Oh, for, no, no for this time around, they'll, they'll give you a whole jet. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I got There's to actually... one of it in existence, but uh, it is the collector's edition for that game. I played that game, uh, PlayStation Experience, in the cockpit. Like, they had an actual cockpit you can sit down and, and oh, play that's cool. with. It was with VR. I remember uh-huh. getting extremely nauseous, though, because apparently, like, you can turn your head to look, but also the analog sticks. And so by using them both at the same time, I almost threw up in the chair. I, I, that's I why like, I didn't oh. try out the VR thing. I, I, I played it at E3, and then the that other set was for VR in here. But I was like, I mean, I don't want to, like, get sick right here, though. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I could chance it. It's like Resident My Evil first 7. experience with VR was actually Ace Combat 7 at E3. That's, that must have been kind of It was really nauseating. nice. It was really nice. I... I was kind of worried I might get sick, but no, nah, didn't have any problems. I mean, if you're my, careful about that, my first... I'm sorry, Josh, you go ahead. My, my first VR was uh, last year at E3 on the Resident Evil 7, and, like, I felt... Oh. I, was, I, was, I, I was good for, like, the first 10 seconds, then I felt really sick for, like, the next, like, 25 seconds, then I was okay again. Oh, gosh. Resident Evil 7, that's one of those games where I kind of want to wait until I have VR to play it. But also, half of me is like, I would not be able to finish that game in VR. I think I think my first experience was I was with the um, Oculus Rift. But like this was at a time when, I don't know if it was the second or third generation was already out, the dev kit. Um, but the person that I went to see at E3 only had the first generation. It was my first. I was like, well, I won't get a chance to play with VR for a while. Because at the time, it was star, still hard to get in. Still like a mm. ticketed event. And I sat down to put that on. I almost immediately passed out. Because oh. it's the depth perceptions all over the place. Like you've got the um, what do they call it? Like the uh, the screen like, door effect. Yeah, yeah, screen door effect. Um, that's what I was dealing with, and also PSVR like VR has that pretty bad too. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you're not used to the idea of being able to see your entire surroundings like that, and so like I immediately got really nauseous, and I had to put it down because it was also a lot like very artifacty and uh, compressed, and all this, and there's like screen tearing and all this stuff going on. It oh, was no. really bad, and so I didn't know if I was able to get into it. But yeah, I got to play that PlayStation, um, whatever that uh, the the little bundle game bundle that came with PlayStation VR. I got to try that out, and I had a really good time with that. And also the um, I keep blanking on the names, but like the uh, whatever that um, that uh, Mech Combat basketball game that they put out as oh, well. Oh, Riggs. Uh, Riggs, Mech. yes, Riggs. Riggs I yeah. and I was playing with Andrew, another member of the staff. Uh, and we did great. <laughs> we really demolished the other team, so I had a great time with that. And I played that Psychonauts game, which is amazing. Uh, as a Psychonauts fan, I actually got to play that, and I had a really good time. I think it's like Rhombus something. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think Rhombus was in the name. Yeah, yeah, Rhombus. It was, it was a, it was a great time. And I, I just don't know if I'll ever, like get to the point where I want to buy. Uh, 
the VR thing just because yeah, Sony's kind of okay. dropping out of it, it feels like. Even if they're putting out games here and there, they don't really talk about it at the press conferences. Or if they do, it's a very short segment. And, you know, people are always already waiting for, like, the next generation anyway. So, Well, I feel like we're going to hear more at um, PSX because this year's E3 was basically just almost like a rerun of last year's E3. Yeah, speaking of uh, PlayStation Experience, they just went on, uh, the stuff went on to the uh, early bird tickets went up for PlayStation Experience, which will be once again held at Anaheim Convention Center, which should be a good time because, holy crap, the convention center there, I don't know if you've ever been to that convention center, Josh, but Uh -uh. they've got like state-of-the-art Wi-Fi, and so I was able to go through, I mean, yeah, when I covered that event on Twitter, um, everything posted pretty much immediately, and so I'm walking around that entire uh, convention center, I never once had a problem with the wireless connection, and so it was it was like an amazing experience just because of that. It's, like early, it's early December, I think. Yeah, first week of December. It's always it's okay. like the ninth, I believe. It's always the first weekend of December. Um, I guess they found it their home really because as we talked about, they've been to like the first year that was in Las Vegas, then they went to San Francisco, and then Anaheim last year, and so now they're sticking to that once again. And you know, I've been there all the. I've been there since it started. I don't know if you've been to every one of those, James, but I've I've been going there since the beginning, and it's just crazy to see how much that event's grown. Well, I'll hopefully be able to go to PSX this year, but haven't gone before yet. Oh, you'll love it! It's just amazing, just because there's so much. You know, even if it's catered towards Sony fans and all that, I think just being around that environment, it was the same as Josh when you and I went to the Anime Expo like last year and this year. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if you've been going there more than I have. I think you have been, but I think like one year more. Yeah, maybe. it's just it's just a, like this year especially. It was just like that amazing experience being around a bunch of fans, you know, and not, uh, you know, just having fun being there yeah. and around that type of environment where everyone's got like their big groups of, um, you know, cosplayers and you know fans of certain anime and stuff like that. It's just yeah, a this, really good time. This year day X especially there yeah. was it was nice having that meet up with that Falcom Discord and whatnot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just just being that group and it made me really miss it. And you don't really get that so much at E three because it's obviously a little more, you know I mean this year's E three I didn't get to attend, so I don't know what it was like this year with way more public madness. People being there. Yeah. It it was weird because you had some people like you know how at E three you'll sometimes see people on the like show floor like talking about things where you're like Oh wow! Can't believe that they just said that out in the open. Um, what do you that mean? stuff was still hot. Like um, a few years ago at E three, I remember um, just, just this one guy I was talking to. He talked about how Sony like had canceled the MLB the show like Vita Games before that they before they were officially canceled. Oh, of course. You get like those weird things that are happening um, during that event. I do remember. Like... I was still hearing stuff like that, even though there was the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just like yeah, it's just like the like the communication chain. At some point, like people just forget what they can and can't mention, so they just kind of write it out and just casually, nonchalantly. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then this year, D three, like I remember, um, your Exceeds booth, like on the third day or something. There was just this random dude that had a bunch of uh, sealed beta games he was giving out in the line. <laughs> what? I think it was, you know how uh, Sony has um, their kind of warehouse with a bunch of, like, excess games, but the UPC has a clip through it, but they are still, like, sealed games? Oh, right, 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 yeah. Those types of games. He was giving those out. Got a copy okay. of Corpse Party. Still sealed. 
Nice. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, my one of my earliest experience with uh, E3 was that um, I went to some, a PlayStation UK's private uh, demo area for a press. And so when I went in there, there was a game uh, when they still had beta systems out. Uh, there was a game on there that they were talking about. Oh, you know, Inafune uh, advised these people during, uh, with the making of this new game that we've got. It's kind of like Monster Hunter. But it's got demons, and you have to decide who to save oh, and who to release. Sacrifice. Yes. Uh, so Soul Sacrifice, this was before they actually had a name for it. And so I got to play some of it, and one of the PR guys was talking to me about that. I was like, yeah, we don't have a publisher yet, but we're kind of you know shipping, uh, like shopping this game around, seeing what people think. And so I went down to meet with... Uh, I think it was Xseed or Nice America. I think it was actually Nice America because it was like the same time they were showing off like, I mean, I think it was St- Story of Seasons or something like that. And they like, uh, you got to play that game? And they, some guy came running back with like a notepad. He's like, can you tell me more about this game? Because they were thinking about buying it. And I was like, <laughs> it was like back <laughs> when you would get like these weird surprises. And so every year I kind of hope that I'll be able to come upon like a surprise like that, like a game that no one ever knows about or no one talks about. And just being able to see that for the first time, but you don't really get that experience anymore. And the fact that it's going more and more public I think I can already tell who was the person was freaking out about that game. It was Alan, wasn't it? Uh, no, this was before Alan, and so oh. yeah, this is. I mean, I've been going since 2010, so it's it's been it's been going back a ways uh, for that. I think it might have been in 2011 when that happened. So, it, I mean, Alan might have been there, but he wasn't in that group that I was talking about. He was probably still, you know, just working his way up. Um, but. Uh, that we was... need a new soul sacrifice. That's yeah. what I think. That's yeah. I'll think about a console that or Freedom Wars. Like we need a uh, console. Soul yeah. Sacrifice Delta needs to come out on PS4 because that game was too good to stay on Vita. It really. Freedom is. Wars was too good to be on Vita too. Yeah, it's it's just that thing. Like Vita is kind of you know, quote unquote, dead in the water. And so it'd be great to see those games come. Soul over Sacrifice Delta was my game of the year 2014. Yeah. Wow. We'll see what happens. I mean, that like there's plenty of games you can point to. You wish that there's a PS4 version. Tokyo Jungle. We there was that leak a while back about it being on the PS4 like in China. I think there was a Chinese retail site that had it up on PS4 and that never happened. Uh but the apparently the I think it's like the director Is it PlayStation is it now PlayStation on now though? Tokyo Jungle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mm. mean a whole lot. Just because, I know. Yeah. It's like when Xbox has got their like backwards compatibility stuff, it's like, you know, they put games on there that already have remastered versions on out. So I don't you know. You know what, what needs is. a PS4 remaster? What? Africa. That uh, really, really early mystery yes, game. Ride around on your on uh, little Jeep and take pictures yes. of all the African animals. That was that was one of those early games people like shocked by the visuals of it. Um, mm-hmm. like it was like really early PlayStation three stuff. Um you just when you want to go back and look at the old like footage of like games that didn't get released over here, like was it Lord of the Rings White Cancel Council uh, got canceled, and uh, there was uh, Frame City Killer, I think it was called, which <laughs> was like the Matrix game, uh, and uh, uh, Six Days to Vegas, I think it was called. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the the thing the we're talking were, about a the desert freeway three games that just I, never came out. Yeah, Asian. and w- oh. there was like that. What was it that MMO? I think that was going to be released on there. It had like an elf that was sitting next to a tree, and there was like a fairy that floated by her. I think it was a, it was an Elvion. That game came out. It was like another like Elven game that was supposed to come out that got canceled. I just it just you go back and think about all those things that came out. I I, I think about like actual like release early PS3 games. I'm like, man, I wish to see there's got like a remaster or like a fucking sequel like Folklore. I'm like, oh, oh I still got that man. game. That game is. That was so sad that Actually, that studio so... closed down too. So we don't. Get I to... know. Uh, 
talking about studios that closed down, where the hell is my next MotorStorm game? Oh, I don't know about that. When was the last last MotorStorm? MotorStorm RC. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was was like, I don't know. I mean, that was kind of a neat concept, but I got... I got kind of. I don't know why. Okay, I was trying to look this up. Okay, yeah, I was. I was trying to figure out what Game Republic's last game was. Oh, it was Knight's Contract. Because mm. <laughs> I was thinking that um, another studio that got shut down around that time, uh, Factor Five, because they were making, of course, uh, just games that completely bombed at, at retail. They just like I don't know if it's like the past year. They are now a thing again. <laughs> so they are. So I'm doing. Yeah, they they're back in existence. They're back working on games. They I think they like quietly announced something. If I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Yeah, the company yeah talks about that they uh, shut down before. Uh, yeah, okay. On March 15, 2017, Factor 5 co-founder uh, announced the company has returned to uh, and reacquired the rights to the Turrican franchise. That was it. And so, yeah, they're working on games again, guys. Yeah, and Lair was the game that the, kind of completely bombed. But Yes, yeah. we need a Lair too. Yes. And so I'm kind of curious to see where oh, that wow. company goes. No wonder... Factor Five went under because you look at their uh, Wikipedia page and you oh, see so many canceled like PS3 and Xbox 360 games. Well, that was at the time when they were like some of that stuff was in development. Like they were doing that. I'm not looking at it right now, but weren't they working on some sort of Kid Icarus game? Like that was one yeah, of the things. Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. I do know. Of course, they've got like you know the Star Wars Rogue Squadron games. It'd be great if they helped make those things because you know Dice is working on it. But you know, I'd love to see Factor Five work on that stuff again. But I'm just happy about Turrican because that was a great shooter. So I'm happy to see that that whole series. Anyways, uh, we should probably start talking about news. Yes, let's head into news. And so the big piece of news that only just dropped uh, a few, couple hours ago, in fact, Bioware announced on their. Uh, blog page that mass effect andromeda they're ending single player support for that game uh r.i.p yeah 2017 to 2017 yeah exactly it only came out in march and late march march 25th this might be a bit mean but and nothing of value was lost i mean (laughs) it's it's the thing where it's like this is how the mass effect series is going to go away you know and anthem is going to be the new uh series because there's like that stigma now with Mass Effect that's kind of hard to get over at this point. We'll see, of course. It's the memes. It's the memes are too strong now. Yeah, the memes are too strong. They can't get over those memes. Uh, but they did say at least that, despite the fact that they're ending the story uh, updates, the, the patches, and the in-game story content updates, that and that means obviously kind of ends it about no DLC. I mean, I, I think we kind of knew about that before, but. Uh, they did say at least that they'll continue to work on multiplayer patches and content updates as well. So I think that was known before that the team that was working on it was moved over to work uh, with the other Bioware teams, but also like the multiplayer stuff was going to be still worked out, which is kind of ironic because the team that made Andromeda was the team that made the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. So I guess they like, okay, your stinks are here. You stick with this. <laughs> Just let the rest <laughs> you know of the yeah, come full circle. Yeah, pretty much. Um but I mean, just just very briefly, guys, is like, do you think that the Mass Effect series is over with? I don't know if it's over with. I think At they need to. I, they, yeah, they need to give it a break. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like it, they should have. They already gave it a break, but they need to give it a longer one now. <laughs> do you think that they can make one without you know Shepard in them? Like, because it's no. like it's like Halo without Master Chief. It's kind of tough to see. That series kind of lost Halo lost direction without Master Chief. So it's kind of wondering to see where Mass Effect goes without Shepard. Actually, I feel like the it, thing it I'll has... say about Mass Effect is I think it's 
future really depends on how well Anthem does. If Anthem does well, that's going to kind of take the place of Bioware's sci-fi game. And then they'll probably keep doing Dragon Age because those have been doing all right at least. But if Anthem does really well, I don't think they're going to keep... I would not say it would take their sci-fi direction because they've clearly got Knights of the Old Republic and all that uh, still going on. And they can totally make a new entry in that series um, as opposed to the online version because apparently the online game is still doing very well for them. So I can still see them doing that and being more original content. Clearly, you know, Mass Effect, it's got a brand and the brand is strong enough that it's still going to help them sell. But yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, Josh, that it just needs a break. And uh, we already know about the turmoil that the development had about the direction going all over the place early on and then completely changing it up shortly into it like the stories and like had everything like going for like a marketing perspective yeah. where I got like the story behind it right so i think that the mass effect without shepherd can definitely be is possible it's definitely marketable it's you can make a good mass effect game without shepherd and you know everything go, going into andromeda before it and just kind of laying down the concepts like it if it, they went with like the original the original vision before all that you know corporate muckery like i'm sure it could have been a better game but it, i don't think mass effect lives and dies by shepherd being there it just lives and dies by being a good game period and it, it, it makes sense because you know already andromeda before it was even really a i mean when it was announced, people already really, you know, had a bad opinion about it because of the ending of Mass Effect Three, and so like already it was on a on bad terms with a lot of people. But, but people like like the, the like the writer concept, the, yeah. they, the, everything about like the like the protagonists uh, and whatnot. They they were kind of on board with that idea. They were kind of eh on the. I, I feel like they were kind of eh on the like, the character reveals because they didn't lean too much on, you know, revealing them one by one or saying you know they were kind of it was more of like a group kind of deal, on that end. But do you think I mean, it'd be better off if it kind of completely distanced itself from that universe and just made a Mass Effect game on its own, like original top to bottom? I would love that. that would, I think that's the great, a, a good way to you know rebuild that trust with the with the fans. I don't, yeah. I, I don't think that you know distancing some, themselves away. They already tried it, you know, with Andromeda, distancing themselves away from the original yeah. Mass Effect thing. It's just, I don't know if you stick with the Andromeda thing i i feel like there's still some potential there to continue that storyline but i feel like there's just been too many missteps with the the actual character framework that they already presented do you think it would have done better had it not been released at a time when there's so many other great games coming out if they if they delayed it if they delayed it to like just actually tighten up if if yeah, the Andromeda of today the came out, uh, yeah. If the Andromeda of today came out as the launch edition, I think it would have been perfectly fine. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Like, gave it another six months, like everyone was talking about, mm-hmm. and I tried to release it before the, the end of the fiscal year. It probably could have been a much better game. Yeah, it just obviously it, was forced into it by, as you talked about, the corporate schmuckery. <laughs> I'm guessing. Um, when did Andromeda come out? Did it come out the before 20th? the end of last? It was the twentieth or the twenty fifth, I think. Okay, so like, yeah, yeah, they probably pushed it out because it's like, okay, we need this on our fiscal record. Yeah. Well, Pretty that was much. that was. Uh, I think that and they weren't fooling anybody if they were trying to convince anyone else that that wasn't the reason why. And you know, we talked about you know the fact that that same month there was the Switch, of course, but also Zelda near. A week later, was Persona, a couple of weeks later, it was Persona Five. So, like, they're surrounding themselves with, like these really big games for one reason or another. Like the different Rise audiences. Zero Dawn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that, that was, was a few days. It's before, an RPG. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. That was just it was just before Zelda. I'm looking more at March in particular. 
Um, but yeah, there was all this excitement around this other stuff, and you know, Mass Effect came out. But yeah, obviously, it was a lot of it was just the technical issues and and the problems that people had with that, and the memes and the gifs and, and the video that people were taking even before that game was completely out, and it just looked bad. So. You know, it's a game I still intend to play, and I have it sitting on my desktop waiting for me, but it's just, yeah. The fact that there's not going to be any more updates for that um, kind of shows that they've kind of You get the complete experience when you get into it. Yeah, yeah. For sure, this time. I'll wait for it to inevitably go on Origin Access and probably buy a month of that and just play it. Or be free versus free via Origin. It was like, was it like 15, 20 bucks at one point? So it's kind of... It'll it's be like the there. price of like well, Valkyrie Revolution is dropping too at this point. Like it's a short order. Like they kind of uh, given up hope on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then my Sad. friend is just like, is it going to go sub ten da- today? Oh, yeah, Valkyrie Revolution. <laughs> it was thirteen bucks yeah. when I last checked. Yeah, so. it was getting close. <sighs> that game came out like not even two months ago. <laughs> so yeah, it was like it was like late June and then yeah, twenty eighth. I think. Mm-hmm. Good. What's times. the soundtrack for Valkyrie um, Valkyria Revolution? At least it was, it was excellent. Yeah, I, that's the, that's the one great thing about it. Is the once soundtrack it goes below um, like ten bucks, I might just buy a copy for the CD. Wouldn't it be go. cool if it was like the old like the throwback where you just put the disc in like on a CD player and you could just play it? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> PlayStation One or the Saturn yeah. stuff. That's right, it's probably way better value than if it was treated like that. Oh, like... the price actually went up on Amazon. <gasps> oh my no. gosh, is it? What is it now? Impossible. 14 20 bucks? 20 bucks. Oh, 20 bucks. Yeah, it's because it's sold. No, sold no, 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 no. Don't buy it for that price. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we'll just see what happens. Like, it'll be just like expensive. The Square Enix doing their Final Fantasy Blu-rays that they put out for like the soundtrack stuff. Like, <laughs> that's what it'll be eventually. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, a little bit of a shocking news there, uh, but not totally, you know, blindsided by it just because of the fact that it's kind of crazy like just supports. the whole story and how how this uh game has evolved uh in the coming months from its launch to yeah. where we are now just like it's just a no. rapid turnaround no one talks about it anymore so it kind of <laughs> was like that thing i mean i wonder if there's even that many people playing the multiplayer if it's just like hundreds of players at this point not yeah, like i wonder too because I, I feel i feel like the, the the people that i know that really got the mass effect 3 multiplayer still play that instead of andromeda oh go figure right that's just how it is yeah. so moving on to other news though uh now that we've got the sad news out of the way dissidia final fantasy dissidia yeah. and, and t uh they revealed their special editions that are coming out yeah and the release dates that's like the end of january mm-hmm. january 30th yeah, January 30th, and they have this, uh, you know, their standard digital editions. You have the the physical, the physical editions. It's like the Steelbook Brawler edition, but the, <laughs> and then the Square Next Door exclusive one with that really expensive figure that makes the whole yeah. thing like almost 200 bucks. So well, uh, well, first thing, it's dumb. yeah, first thing for the Steelbook Brawler is that it'll have different covers uh, depending on which retailer you go to. So anyone who wanted like the, all the any collectors out there, you're totally fucked <sighs> on that if you wanted the covers. <laughs> Just to, go to, eBay. To, to me, yeah, to me it doesn't really matter because the the cover art for the game is horrendous in itself. It's just like six to seven characters all with a very terrible filter, dark filter over them. It's like it's, it's all not... like like it's like cut in looking. Style. Yeah, it just looks bad. Yeah, it looks really bad. And then you have the Square Enix. I forgot what the collect, Ultimate Collector's Edition thing was called. You get the uh, like Warrior Warrior of Light bust. Um, yes, I don't know uh, about that. Art. I mean, yeah, as, as James was saying, like that was what made the thing expensive because the rest of yeah. it is just like you know your very typical stuff there. But yeah, the fact that it's one hundred and ninety dollars, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, Man. again, it's something that Square Enix has been doing for quite a while now. Like Final Fantasy Fifteen had had a limited edition with a uh, figure in it. 
um, Nier Automata had the black box edition with a 2B sure. figure in it. I think that's just Square Enix kind of leveraging their uh, figure branch yeah, of the company. It, so. I mean, they, they sell out, so... Um, you could probably deal some serious damage to that Warrior of Light one because of the horns on his helmet. Holy shit. Are you talking about using it as a murder weapon? Is this going to be like a Phoenix Wright case? <laughs> like, That's maybe. the first thing I thought of, too. Like, <laughs> first Phoenix Wright case. Oh, man. Now you want me... Now I wish there was like an Ace Attorney given the Final Fantasy characters on it. What are you talking about? What is this I'm hearing? <laughs> Yo, that'd be amazing. Oh. Holy shit. That should have been the city right there. An Ace Attorney game. Oh... I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> Look, some Final Fantasy what are you character. Who would be? Who would some you Final want Fantasy character co- murdered another Final Fantasy character with a Warrior of Light bust. That's the case. I mean, I would totally see that. Like, what if they? The funniest thing would have been if they did that for like when it was on the Wii, <laughs> or like the like the <laughs> fact that they were like working. Like, you know how story seasons have like you know the mushroom that you can get and all that other stuff. Like, what if they actually had like Mario characters like as part of the cases? Like, while Luigi takes the stand because he ended up killing like one of the Toads, or something like that. I don't know. That's that sounds so bad. I don't know if they should. Squall is Phoenix Wright and Cipher is Miles. <laughs> And knowing Perfect. Capcom, it won't be localized. <laughs> Fuck. So Damn I, it. My head, my head just hurts from just this conversation, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, it, but... The, 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 but the big news out of the Dissidia yes. thing is that there's the season pass, and it confirms at least six uh, DLC characters coming to it. Obviously, there could be more after that season, the, those season pass, but at least for now, they're adding a bunch of new characters to it. I don't know if it's going to be characters that were in previous Dissidias, or what. there hasn't been any murmur of like what or these characters are completely brand new to the series or are just kind of... Is there any, there. like, void? Uh, like, a void that you can see that for as far as characters? Because I think the one I can think of is Gilgamesh in it? Yeah, Gilgamesh was in uh, the city. Uh, no, the, NT, stuff. though. Not the old no, games. No, 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 he's not there. That's what I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Like, might be totally, like, yeah, they just ripped from the old uh, games. Like, whatever. Yeah. He uh, isn't in NT, but she was in Duodesum. Um, Laguna... And all, oh, like, Laguna mainly, mainly, was in it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, so, like, I, I wonder if it's just the like the side characters that made it to do it that summer, or if it's just brand new ones. I wonder if just like the the antagonist of fifteen is going to be one of them because we know that. Oh, Nox- we, I think that was leaked. That was the Amazon thing. Yeah, because yeah. I remember that. That remember like that was in the Amazon description. Like Noctis make Noctis makes his debut in the series or whatever the crap was. Yeah, so I, I wonder totally if he's going to be added at, in NT though, or if it's going to be in arcade first then NT. No, this was on the Amazon description for the console game, and so yeah, like, but the. Uh... Oh yeah, but he makes his debut. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Remember, like that we yeah. we posted about that on the site. We were kind of shocked by it. Um, yeah. At the same time, so yeah, that's that's practically confirmed right there. Like that's going to be so one of the things. So when's the close beta again for twenty uh, ninth, I believe. Oh, I thought it was the twenty fifth to like the third. I think it. Might or be. yeah, you might be right. Yeah, yeah. Because I did the post about the additions. So yeah, um, it's starting like midnight to midnight. I think it was, and that's in uh, North America, Latin America, and Europe at the same time. And so then. I wonder if they'll do any other betas between now and when the game comes out at the end of January because they've done that before with like Final Fantasy 15. You know, they had the multiple different demos that they did, even if that was yeah, way more spread out. <laughs> right now too. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, so yeah, the season pass is a thing and it's had those DSD characters. I wonder. I mean, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who would you want to like see in that game? Just uh, pick, pick, a, pick a, any Final Fantasy character that hasn't well, well it could have been in it. Was uh was Sabin in it before? 
I don't think so. No. Yeah, Sabin. Uh, you know, Final Fantasy VI characters. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm glad Rams is in it, even if in this version he has a nose, which is totally goes against his character in the lore. But I don't know if I, ever, I, don't know if I like that. Um, but would you yeah. rather see him have no nose in this engine, though? Mm, maybe. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> I think to, just to fit his character design, it should have been that. It's like this is totally goes against the original artist intent and all that stuff. Just like uh, made him like a, a little paper cut out, like paper, paper Mario style stuff, but just have his art concept artwork right there, just moving around. <laughs> oh, just sprite work? Is there just a sprite? Like he's a tiny little sprite that bounces around. That's all it was. No, it's just, it's just artwork illustration. Not even his sprite. It's just like what he oh, looks like. In I mean, that would have been great, book. just like for more of the Lions version or something like that. Yeah. that would have been. I would have been totally done with that. I mean, Agrius, of course, <laughs> would have been also a great character to have because she's like the best female character in the series. Um, but. Uh, you know, Sid. Sid would have been great. Which Sid? I mean, Lightning Sid is great. I'll talk about Final Fantasy Tactics characters all day if you want me to. But, um, I mean, there's like Final Fantasy Seven. Sid is a great character in that one. How about Final Fantasy VIII's principal Sid? Um, <laughs> just a big fat guy. Just there we go, yeah. Uh, Finally. He's a, a, he's a, he's a cool like guy. It. He's a cool guy. Uh, I mean, yeah, but like, you know, there's Locke and, and Sabin and uh, Sully's. Is Sully's in it? I don't think she is. I don't I think the Final Fantasy VI representation's a little bit uh underserved. I think it's really, yeah, how about, how about you know, Mog Mog would have been great. Uh Umaru, you know. Those like those are plenty of characters that they could yeah. they can draw from, but you know, at at a certain point it's you, know, you have to put a lot of work into specific characters like that, but we'll see. You know, six characters I don't know what the balance is like as far as like between uh, villains and heroes, you know. But I guess we'll find out. Yeah, they've sure. just recently added Jack. So Red Thirteen. I, mean, I don't know. Red Thirteen. <laughs> okay, that'd be just a dog good. flying around in the air yeah. like that. That'd have been hilarious. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. How, How about, about you, you, James? Anything for you? Yeah. Anything for me for like Final Fantasy Dissidia or yeah, it's like any yeah. character you want, and because you have these season pass characters. Um, I'm just gonna might be sacrilege but i've not played a mainline final fantasy game good because you're not you're not limited by final, uh, mainline final fantasy because rams is there so yeah <laughs> take your pick what about, what about, the, about the chalice from final fantasy crystal chronicles just the chalice just, like a crystal chronicles <laughs> just, to, just to fly around and just hit people <laughs> and you know like what I, the, the, go uh, the, if we want to really be uh, creative let's go with uh yoko the yo-yo chick from uh Ur guys Oh, there we go. the ship like of the... Mindhander. <laughs> just a big like spaceship flying around. So just, they just turned into the zone of the Enders at, oh, at some point. Oh, I'd been totally down with that. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm just like thinking like more obscure, like, you know, like the, um, what was that we, we, sh- uh, we share a game, whatever it was. My Life as a King. Yeah, My Life as a King, just the prince. <laughs> uh, or the king, of course, f- from that game. Uh, just him. As a little boy, just ordering troops around to fight on his behalf, like the Pokemon player from Smash Brothers. I kind of think if, if there's if there's no like, I don't I don't know if there's melee like fist characters in uh, NT yet, but I would like if there's not, I would I would vote for Zell from Eight. Yet, Zell from Eight, yeah. yeah. I mean, chicken I like, shit, like chicken shit himself, yeah. Chicken was. I would be okay with that. I'd be okay yeah. with that. A brawler, you know, those brawlers. It's hard to control, but we'll see. So, moving on to other news, though, because we can talk mm-hmm. about that all day. Another piece of news is more. This is why we've got James here. Uh, yeah. The only reason. Uh, Monster Hunter World. <laughs> they released a new trailer, a uh, new gameplay. They had like a Hunting One Hundred One uh, video that they put out. PlayStation did. Um, but that game is looking great. Uh, the big one is good. the uh, 
Wild Spire, um, the Wild Spire trailer, the one that shows off the new desert area. Yeah, yeah, like the mud and all that stuff too. Like that stuff was kind of very, nuts. very interesting trailer. Um, one of my main concerns with Monster Hunter World after the first trailer is I thought it was going to be a bit of a Monster Hunter tried situation where most monsters from previous games don't come back, and it's mostly new monsters. Um, I'm not really feeling that so much anymore because they showed off a bunch of returning monsters. Um, you got Baroth, which was the um, kind of the uh, really hard head kind of T-Rex looking thing. Yeah, that, uh, T-Rex. Got with, it. Um, flings around mm-hmm. mud and whatnot. And so, Doesn't yeah. he have like a rock or something? Oh, no, that was a different one. Sorry. I was thinking about no, the, um, the rock. <laughs> that's the uh, Kula Luka or something like that. I not sure there's an official name for it but i don't quite remember it yet <laughs> did, they, did they have that mechanic in the old monster hunters i, I don't know but uh where it like what picked mechanic? up a rock and then and then you swung at it if it's holding the rock it'll like uh, no 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 no. there was monsters that had kind of similar ideas to that but nothing like actually picking stuff up and using it to defend themselves huh. that, i thought that was a really cool part of the trails i didn't know if that's a new mechanic or not I wouldn't say it's necessarily new, but it's definitely something specific to that monster. So. Okay. Well, um, what, what else was in that trailer? The big thing about that trailer, I think, is the reaction that a lot of people have had. Um, yeah. A lot of um, a lot of the reactions I've seen have basically said, okay, this should have been the E3 trailer. Because after yeah. the E3 trailer, a lot of people thought, okay, is this actually the same Monster Hunter we know and love? And I can understand where that came from. After a while, I was like, you know what? I'm not too worried. But then again, I actually got to see like gameplay of it at E3. A lot of people didn't. So, but um, after this Whoa. new trailer, it feels like a lot of the people that were kind of skeptical or thought that the game was going to be kind of watered down for Western audience. Uh, I've I've seen a lot less people like worried about that now, and a lot of people are saying, okay, now I'm now I'm actually excited for this game. I'm not skeptical. It's like okay, this is Monster Hunter. Let's do this. And I think so, even new people too. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, well, what what about what about this trailer was like kind of like the turning point for people on that? Like if, if there was like any aspect of the trailer that you can point to that says, oh, okay, this is definitely still faithful to there the Monster Hunter. There was less of a focus on the tracking, like the scout flies and stuff, and less of a focus on the stealth and whatnot. It was just showing the action. It was showing returning monsters. It was showing new monsters that were a bit wackier than the monsters that they showed when they first announced the game. Like, you have the Kualaku, uh, or whatever you call it, that had the rock. That's mm-hmm. something that's very similar to some of the ideas that previous monsters had with being, like, kind of goofy. And then you had the kind of iguana chicken-looking thing with its tongue. Mm. And then you had the uh, kind of fish-looking thing that was in the mud and whatnot, and that looked very similar to previous monsters in the series. So a lot of folks I've been seeing reactions to that trailer basically saying, okay, I was worried this was going to be too serious. I was worried this was not going to be Monster Hunter that I know and love, and it's just... It was a combination of everything they were showing. It's like, okay, monsters are coming back. The new monsters they're showing do look a bit goofier. It's not completely, like realistic and whatnot. it's like a grim dark reboot of monster hunter yeah. because because like the, the monster hunter dna like the series itself isn't a, a lot of its charm is from like it's it's wackiness despite like the serious situation yeah 
I, okay. I do think the coolest thing, though, is just like it's something I appreciate about the Monster series, despite not really playing that since the old days, uh, since the first game, actually, is that the way that it feels like there's the, the animation priority and there's the fact that it feels like there's so much weight going to how the weapons are spun or like how the guns are shot and stuff like that. It's just like it's like very deliberate and it looks so incredible when you land that shot and the monster reacts the way it should. And so I just I think that's like the the thing that I thought was like the coolest part of that trailer, just like big ass heavy sword, and the monster just like wah. Yeah, it's so the, cool. the the series is really good on like uh, just feedback on your on Making your you feel so powerful, you, yeah. Like you you know you've when that's half the reason on. why I use great sword in those games because yeah, if you can hit the monster head on with that level three charge it's mm-hmm. going to stagger and it's yeah you, you know when you swung that amazing. million dollar like uh shot or or swing you know you it just feels like you plan for this one swing and uh, seeing everything pay off around that planning it just feels i just imagine like the reward to that is just uh, unbelievable i'd be more like a gun player though i like to hang out in the back and not to get too right up there to get killed really quick <laughs> maybe that's just me though so uh, i, I, I do like the... the changes that they're doing to the guns mm-hmm. does seem interesting you didn't see that too much in this trailer but in gameplay previously um the heavy bow gun seems to have a shell that you can use that basically turns it into kind of like a mini gun for a short period of time cool. which is really interesting so. huh I, that's crazy i, I do like the uh, the little uh, snippets we got of uh, the armor design that we saw. I like that like some of those armors are very vibrant. One of them looked like uh, Masamune Date from Sengoku Basara armor. Very oh, uh, yeah. um, like it. Speaking of the armor, though, that forge in that trailer looked so amazing. Yeah, and the trailer had see, actual gameplay. You can actually yeah. see the uh, the weapon tree. So like, if you're upgrading your weapon, you can see where it, ha- where it branches and whatnot. That's really nice. I mean... It's something that probably should have been in the series to begin with, but being able to finally see, okay, if I upgrade my weapon here, it can upgrade to here or here. If I upgrade here, it can only upgrade to here. It's like something that makes a lot of sense, and it's going to be really nice to not have to have like the Monster Hunter Wikia open in another tab just to find out, okay, how does how do I upgrade my weapon to this branch and whatnot? It's okay. I I feel you, James. I I totally know that feeling of like a series that you love, a long running series that you love that just gets like the most minuscule of like common sense upgrades. But it's like it's the biggest deal ever because in, in uh, Gundam Versus you can now see your partner's HP, which wasn't uh, in like previous console iterations of the game. It's like it's one of those things that you, it should have probably been there way early on, but now that it's like finally here, it like changes everything. Yeah. But anyways, I'm that latest trailer. I mean, I was already excited for Monster Hunter World, but oh man, man, it can't come soon enough. Shit, when, it's can, up very when, when do I get my chance to play it? Damn it! Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and like, if I'm not mistaken, it's it's gonna be a Gamescom, right? That was like the next. Yeah, right, yeah. So. Um, Alex is gonna be asking me a few questions eventually, so he can figure out. Okay. What's new and what's not? Yeah, I think that's obviously <laughs> key here because it's hard to tell as you, as Josh was talking about. It's like for me, it's like this guy series. It doesn't seem like there's been any changes in that series for like since it began. Uh, it only depends on if you've been playing the games uh, since they first came out. You'd really know. I mean, but Monster, of course, is like a whole another level because you can clearly tell visually anyway. It's gone through some significant upgrades, especially with this new version. And Alex was excited for the game. I'm right there with them as a someone who kind of came onto that series through other series like Tokiden and God Eater. So 
I'm very interested to see where this where this will go. So uh, looking forward to more footage that come out. But I was yeah, it was cool that they put out actual gameplay like that. In a perfect uh, world, um, Capcom sends us multiple review copies so we can do multiplayer as like a team or something. Oh man, that'd be amazing. I, mean, I, I, I really want to. I really, I really want to try to get like a community uh, push for this game. Trying to get like multiplayer sessions yeah. and rooms. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to spend money on the game, of course, if I have to, just to play it. But uh, we'll find out. Um, but that game's not out until early next year. Early, so. yeah. Hopefully January, so we don't have to wait long. Yeah, I got or, the city of NTs out. No, I expect it to be like another crowded February, <laughs> like again. Oh no, oh, just uh, or in it March. It feels really good to see this generation of hardware finally kind of hit its stride. Mm-hmm. I mean, I makes you wonder how well it's going to look on the Xbox One X too, because it's going to be on the Xbox. So I wonder how much better it will even look on that system. That's kind of nuts to think about. Uh, I'm excited yeah, but to it see. Won't be- the FPS. Uh, if I'm gonna double dip anywhere, it's gonna be on PC. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. yeah that's that's the thing. Like, it'll be like those two systems, but or the PS4 Pro has some unlocked potential. Apparently, like it's got some extra software that hasn't been tapped into, and that might be something that they'll Sony will do unlock that and just uh, crank it and see what happens. Uh, well, Capcom said that they're targeting 30 FPS yeah. on consoles. Yeah, so. yeah, uh, that'll look good enough. Okay, so moving on to the next piece of news that we've got here. Uh, yeah, uh, I think the one of the interesting pieces is that apparently Yu Suzuki has been working on getting a publisher for a long time now. Go figure. Uh, everyone kind of figured it'd be Sony because <laughs> of the way that Shinmu 3 was first revealed, was on a Sony stage. Uh, but it looks like Deep Silver, UK publisher owned by uh, Cook Media, they are going to be the ones to publish that game internationally. And so that's huge um, for a game. Didn't they publish um, Persona 5 yep. in Europe? Persona 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, the, they're the Atlas uh, European yeah. publisher. They, they took over East America. Yeah, East America's duties for that stuff. They've been, they've been on it, though. They've been uh, seeking out these partnerships. They've been really hitting it, uh, yeah, doubling down. It definitely down. seems like uh, Deep Silver has been trying to expand their reach a bit. definitely it, feels like that. Uh, yeah, expand their reach. I mean, in, in in so many terms, uh, it's definitely a company that has helped uh put a lot of goodwill towards fans in Europe. Uh, that they yeah. that they're able to appreciate that the fact that they're getting their games on a very short notice, uh, compared to when it comes out in America or anywhere else. And so, uh, I think that that's great. And yeah. clearly, they kind of found this audience, this market that um has been relatively underserved a little bit because you've got obviously like you know exceed in east america and access and all them but like it's still uh especially in europe they're it felt like they are kind of underserved and so it's great to see that but clearly with this announcement um it's going to be out internationally and it's going to be out uh shinmu 3 is still and it's a shinmu 3 is going to be in parts if i remember right and so the first part's going to be out uh, the second half of 2018, this was announced a while back. It was supposed to be at the end of this year. They delayed it to the end of 2018. And so that'll be out on PlayStation 4 and PC. And the we've got the press release up on the site. And, of course, uh, Yu Suzuki will be at Gamescom. He'll have, like, a couple sessions talking about the game and present some new footage. Um, they did I show up the character models, though. Yeah, um, I, I was going to ask, actually. That's that's what I was, exactly was going to ask, is that uh, you guys have seen... I don't know if you guys played the Shinmu series... I certainly played them. Um, what are your feelings on the new designs of the characters? I'm kind of iffy about I, it. I played them a long, long time ago, so I'm trying to like kind of cleaning out the cobwebs in my uh, mind of like what they actually look like and what would be nice. Out of, out of space, it looks okay. I think it. I hope these aren't vinyl. Obviously, 
think but, uh, it's it's like looking like that's actually like a key visual. I think it's going to be final because like, we, I mean they've got a year left, and so like that type of the design would have been finalized, like characters, a concept, and stuff like that would have been finalized a while ago. But you know it could have been just like any other series. They might decide at the last minute to change it uh, up a little bit to make it look more mature. Uh, uh, they they still have a long way to go in, yeah. in the in development. I don't know if it's final. Yeah. So probably not. Oh, hopefully it. It, it cheapens up. It's it's hard to get like get a good like you know standing on this game without actually seeing what the final game looks like. What you, you saw like I, I, the... I, I, I'm not I'm not feeling the character models at the moment. I think it just it just needs some more work. You saw that video that came out while back of that huge muscle bound guy that had like like his biceps were bigger than a person's body. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember that. But no, yeah, it that, came that out like worrying. a guy. He was doing know. like these arm rotations and his muscles were like gigantic, cartoonishly huge. And so Abigail from Street made, Fighter? Oh, pretty, I mean, it was, it was just as bad, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> just as like disgusting looking. So I, I'm, I'm kind of iffy mm. on that too, but like, I mean, it, it, I felt like the old, old Shinmu games had a more mature style. Like in this, it makes it look like Ryo looks younger which is kind of weird. Uh, like he looks like he's a like a uh, early teenager kind of stuff, and he's not like you know already in high school or older than that as it would be in this game. But I guess we'll find out. Yeah, but I mean, good good on them for finding a, a global publishing partner, though. Yeah, and uh, as you can imagine, people on Kickstarter are kind of taking the news different ways. It's like, what about our news? What about the, the, fact the, that... the yeah deep deep silver? Like you know, it's they're very hit or miss when it comes to their Kickstarter record, right? Because they were you know part of the whole Mighty Number no. Nine deal. Oh Mark- yeah, uh, that's oh god. Mighty uh, number the nine, that... the gift that keeps on giving. You remember yeah. that? You remember that TV? That, well, not the TV, but the 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 like an anime fan on prom night. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it, it, people like you know, obviously they. It's very understandable why they're worried, especially with their track record on that. They, they that is not something that you know. It can't just be shoved under the rug. It's like no, it'll be fine this time. It's like they have a lot to prove. So, bring it. Bring it. We'll find out. Well, speaking of crowdfunding, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Swery, uh, people who don't know, Swery actually left his own studio that he founded, um, like last year. White Owls, like no, no. Well, based it, in he, he, well, he didn't leave. I mean, okay, yeah. Uh, that's that's the one he created, though. Yeah. So he, yeah. he founded White Owls earlier this year, and so the thing was, is he was just trying to take a big break from game, game development because apparently, like, uh, he was getting into like contentious well, fights exactly. with other people like in his studio that like they were trying to take it in a different direction he didn't like it and so he got mm-hmm. burned out from the whole process so he decided to leave it so yeah earlier this year he started a whole new development studio white what, owls what was, the, was the was it access games that he left yes that he, okay yes he founded so. that company uh and so that's like I'm trying to remember what was that spy fiction was this game that he did uh, Dark but of course in Delhi, in Delhi Premonition in D- D4, D4 of course yeah but spy fiction people don't remember that one I wanted to mention it um so yeah the but the game that he announced uh, he actually didn't confirm this actually this was leaked and apparently on Twitter he was bummed about the fact that this happened <laughs> but um so uh an um a fig mailer fig who people don't know it's another crowdfunding site that allows you it was to actually founded invest. by uh... Tim Schafer and a few other uh, Kickstarter success stories, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They wanted to kind of uh, take that their experience from that stuff and found it a whole new uh, crowdfunding site. But so this allows people to invest actual money into the game itself, and so based on the success of the game, they would get some sort of return back to it. Uh, and some there's been some games recently, like 
Pillars of Earth and stuff like that that have been uh, sorry, Pillars of Eternity that have been very successful on Fig and gone on to uh, make Psychonauts their, too. Yeah, and Psychonauts too. It's um, but Pillars of Eternity actually made the people that invested it a good amount of money. Uh, so yeah. it's apparently with this, it's that um, Swery is working on this new game that's actually going to be a mystery RPG, which is why we're talking about it. It's called The Good Life. And that's a good name for a game yeah and it actually that's a fantastic game exactly so it apparently mixes some different elements uh of of the uh of the type of game that it is and so like it talks about uh you know during the day it's just like this old there's like the small town in rural england this this woman shows up she's like a photographer her name's naomi but it's it founds out that the town itself turns like everyone all the residents turn into cats at night <laughs> and okay. so they're trying to find out what exactly is going on here and so um it's yeah it's it's about you're supposed to kind of investigate that and apparently it takes on once again plenty of twin peaks references just like deadly premonition and d4 kind of like that i mean deadly premonition way more than d4 was of course but like it's still got that type of inspiration that he always has and so that crowdfunding actually kicks off on september 2nd and with a base price of a hundred dollars a share so but people want to check that out, you know. Is there a goal that did they say any sort of goal about uh, the goal was for the game? Not yet. Uh, they, I guess they, we, we have to wait till like the actual thing goes up. But you know, you can go to the website. Um, I, I think I'm trying to remember, like trying to find what the website is. I had a link to it, but our site is kind of hard to find the link itself. But like, there's a page you can go to to sign up for updates on the on the actual crowdfunding page itself, and so it'll tell you when that goes live, and you can invest in that. Um, but being sweary, I imagine that thing's gonna like blow through its goal pretty quickly. I hope so. Because um, people have like a really big fondness for the dude. So I, I'm interested to see like finally that he has his own studio, doesn't have uh, suffering from access games. Like kind of just what does a, a sweary game now look like without being bound to to that whole ordeal? Because I know that Dark Drive with D4, uh, there's like a lot of like you know ba- behind the scenes like influence of like trying try to make it a little bit more weird, like Deadly Premonition. You know, kind of just giving like little nods and pushes to like something he wanted to do, but it kept getting altered again and again due to, you know, obviously contracting deals and whatnot. So hopefully he does find success in this and seeing what kind of like, you know, vision he has. uh, The concept seems interesting. The art style seems very different from what he's known for absolutely yeah. it's it's a totally different design it's a different direction too. the fact that it's like a daily life simulator mixed with rpg like he's not done an rpg before uh so it's very I have a feeling like it's gonna be a lot more lighthearted than some of his previous games. you think that but sweary's mind goes places so we'll have to find out for ourselves i i i, I kind of I don't believe that that's going to be always the same. I, I expect to have like a lot of really bizarre conversations with the townspeople and stuff like that. Like it's going to be. What very if it's a onset. dark game that turns lighthearted? Mm. A mm. dark game that turns lighthearted. Oh, you mean like most anime? I forget what that anime was about the girl that got like abandoned and then uh, like it turns into like a slice of life for the rest of the time. <laughs> like, oh, it's... so like ninety five percent of anime. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like that's a lot of anime. <laughs> like the first episode is supposed to make you feel like really sad and emotional, and then like the second episode moving on, it's like oh wait, no, it's what was it like plastic? Like plastic, plastic memories. Yeah, plastic memories. It's kind of like that. <laughs> uh, you go get the moment where it's every now and then it's super sad, then like. You guys totally like betrayed me. <laughs> I hate this show now. I hate this show. Uh, but um, the good life, I it, I I think it might um, betray our expectations. That's kind of what I'm expecting to happen. Uh, I think people would like it more anyway if it's like that. But we'll see. Yeah. 
so yeah like i said september 2nd two weeks we'll find out more and the last piece of news um josh's favorite piece of news mm-hmm. i'll be talking about it okay uh i a few days ago bandai namco uh put up this teaser it was like like hashtag project 1514 and it, it all it said was it's being developed by dimps and it's like showed this wasteland looking thing and i was like what the fuck is this i don't know so a few days later, they unveiled that it's a new Sword Art Online game, a Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. And if you played Hollow Realization, it basically looks like that, but taken in its, it takes place during the third arc of SAO, the Gun Gale Online arc. So that's definitely the time where Kirito meets Sinon, and it's like they go to this MMO that's like all guns-based. So it looks like Hollow Realization, but with guns. Yes, that's kind of the feeling that I got, and it does, it feels kind of weird, I mean, it it doesn't feel like, as you said, it just feels like they just transplanted some elements from from another game into this, and just made it feel like it was a whole original experience. I don't know how to feel about this game. I mean, iconic with Hollow Realization, I was able to, I I was the one who reviewed it for the site, and Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, there was some, some big problems with it, especially with the party mechanics, and the gameplay that Dengeki put out, Leads me to believe they haven't really fixed those problems because was it Asuna runs up on a character that's about <laughs> to explode like self destruct and she just ki- gets herself killed as a result of that just like the just like the source material no, oh yeah toy and then Kirito for some reason becomes like the most loved character in the entire series um, but I'm kind of iffy about it but the addition of guns maybe it'll be fun uh, depends on how they blend the mechanics in because. Gosh, it just looks like it your looks typical. Yeah, yeah, it took looks like your typical like, was it was it Vanguard Online or something like that? Like you straight up just like you run it with a, a few guns and like you just sit there wait for the numbers to pop off and move it's on. Kind of like, like why something. didn't we get Excel World versus SEO? Because I really like Excel World a lot, but I just look at the game and I was like, I, I don't know if I want to get into this. It's just it's just there's nothing about it really sticks out to me. It yeah. feels very familiar territory. It's like if, if you played one, you probably played them all. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing I'm expecting here. But you know, Sword Art Online fans can look forward to that game. It's just yeah, the, it, it's it's like One Piece fans, Naruto fans. Like they have their games and uh, they'll they'll buy it no matter what. Oh gosh, I just hope that there's more exciting J- Japanese games coming out soon besides Sword Art Online. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Online. look, Bandai Namco <sighs> once again their their streak of like un unending anime games with. <laughs> I can uh, obviously dot hack, but you have Little Witch Academia, Seven Code Vein. Sins, uh, Code Vein. You have I think the biggest, girls on Panzer. I think the have... biggest news about the Sword Art Online game is the fact that it's coming to Xbox One. Yeah, and, I guess. I, I think it's, it's the first Sao game to hit PC as well, too. Yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah, there's not. There's never been a Sword Art Online game for PC, so that's also well. The um, first. I think we can find out who uh, Phil Spencer talked with when he was at Japan last, and Dynamco. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like the fact that a lot of those Bandai Namco games are going to be out on Xbox because I think isn't Code Vein also going to be on Xbox? Code Vein, yeah. Dragon, yeah. Um, Dragon Ball Fighters, yeah. like Dragon Ball I Fighters think is Microsoft actually has the kind of um, the uh, advertising for that, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I just don't know if that'll really do much for them in Japan, but I'm sure you know. Those Look, a hundred thousand sales it's not in, Japan. For them in Japan. Here we go. Uh, half those games <laughs> that are coming out on Xbox One. Are still going to be PS4 exclusive in Japan, like Monster Hunter. You said World. half. <laughs> I don't know, like, mo- but, most of oh, them, if all not of them. all, yeah, yeah all, all of them, because it'll be like Western only, like uh, 
released on a different platform. The like Kingdom Hearts three, I think, if, if if I'm not mistaken, that's not going to be on the Xbox in Japan, just in the West, right? I I think that yeah. was one of them. So we also we also got Valkyrie Revolution that got an Xbox One version here in the West. Yeah, I wonder how many Ooh. units that sold. <laughs> just just in, like, I'd be speaking. shocked if that sold more than a thousand units. <sighs> Because there's just not, there's nobody on Xbox that would be interested in that game. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, like the best-selling Vita game, like most of the Vita games don't sell more than ten thousand copies. Like that. All right, okay, here we go. Xbox One X with Valkyrie Revolution. Now show me that 4K goodness. We'll oh see. God, we'll see. Yeah. we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. How about how about like uncompressed audio <laughs> for the soundtrack? We'll bring it back <laughs> that'd, around. Uh, that'd be awesome. All right, huh? so let's wrap things up though, because uh, yeah. It's been, like I said, a bit of a slow week, but next week should be way more exciting. But as so. we get into that, though, let's tell you where you can find us. You can find us always on RPGSite.net. You can find us on Twitter at RPGSite, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash RPGSiteNet, on youtube.com slash RPGSiteNet. Like I said, we'll have some exciting things coming up soon for that. Like we already mentioned, you've got that fake grand order uh, um, um, event video you just put up, and uh, we've mm-hmm. continuing adventures of Valkyria Chronicles Three, the game that people should care about, not Revolution apparently, because uh, Chronicles Three is amazing. You can always find us on iTunes or your favorite uh, podcast app just by searching for TetraCast. Please do re- leave a review. Uh, we would love to see some feedback on that, and it helps with our rankings on there. So that's very much appreciated. If you listen to this. Uh, please do leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Also, our Discord channel. You can always find us on our permanent link, discord.me slash RPG site. Finally, you can, we always like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So where can they find you, Josh? You can find you at HDKirin, H-D-K-I-R-I-N. Thank you. And James? At the sweet, T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T. Okay, great. All right. So, and you can find me at Zach Reese as always. So, yes. That's it for the August 19, 2017 edition of the TetraCast. Thank you, James and Josh. Always mm-hmm. appreciate it. Have your company here. And everyone else, catch us next week for another edition of the TetraCast. Bye, everyone.